can I get a sticker even though I don't have a child in there? Because I like stickers, you know. Stickers are cool. And, uh, you know, you, after when you get my age, you know, you get to the place where you're like, I used to get those stickers, and then I don't get stickers anymore. You want, I got to take the kid too? I don't know. I don't know that that's going to work. I don't know. I'll hold out for a grandbaby. How's that? That's not, we're not far. Hey, um, you know, one of the things that we do here at Lighthouse is that we, we love to pray to see the Lord do what the Lord wants to do, but sometimes we don't do such a great job at sharing the testimonies. And so uh, this morning we have an opportunity to, to uh, share a couple of really cool testimonies. So I'm going to ask Michael Harvey to come up. He had something happen in his life that's uh, been 13 years coming, and it just happened this uh, past week, week and a half ago, something like that. But uh, Michael, why don't you tell him a little bit about what the Lord's been up to? Uh, first of all, I just want to say that Looking out here this morning and seeing all of the children in here, mm. I'm not here because of my saintly lifestyle throughout the years. I'm here because of a praying mother who never gave up on her, on her sons, go. her seven sons. Yeah. And she raised all by Ooh, herself. You knew she yeah. had a prayer life, seven oh, sons. Yeah. <laughs> you know you got a prayer life when you got seven sons, right? Yeah, that's right, that's right. And uh, um, I, I will tell you that when I took uh, Deanna up to meet my mom, and I said, uh, Mom, this is, this is Deanna. We're going to be getting married soon. And she looked at Deanna and she said, Girl, you got your hands full. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, very quickly, pastors asked me to share this, this testimony of what happened recently. But let me just tell you the, uh, about tithing. If I could just have just a few seconds to talk about tithing. I, from 1975, until 1983, I never had a residence with my address on it. My brother and I were out traveling the world doing things that we should have never gotten involved in. I didn't have a home address for all that period of time. Fast forward, 1985, June 5th, I got saved. Mm -hmm. The Lord called me and I submitted to the Lord. And because I'm a show me kind of guy, he hooked me up almost immediately with uh, the man who became my mentor, one of the greatest preachers that the world has ever known, who's gone on to be with the Lord now. But he convinced me of a lot of things. He used to always ask me, Michael, are you, are you feeling pregnant today? Do you feel pregnant? Because he taught us that we should feel pregnant all the time because we should be expecting, expecting God to do something, expecting, expecting something extraordinary to happen in our lives. And and, um, and I remember the first tithe that I gave, I was sitting in a, in a little Baptist church, and I was broke. I just lost a business. I, my family was coming apart. It was horrible. I had $27.50 in my pocket, laid on the rent of $240, and a wife going, we need at least $35 to get some groceries in the house for the kids. I reached in my pocket. I threw the $27.50 in there and said, there, there you go. If you want a tithe, there's a tithe. And on Wednesday of that same week, an envelope from the state of Virginia arrived in the mail. We've been looking for you since 1976 to give you this tax return of $275. Uh, and I have never, ever, never, ever questioned tithing in my life. I tithe, and I tithe regularly. I've never once said, you know, I just don't think I feel like tithing this week. Now, 
that's almost true, but there was a time in 2001 when things happened and the world started falling apart and, and, through, uh, and, and then it just got worse and worse and in 2006 it fell apart. Uh, 2007, I'm sitting on my couch one Sunday morning and I had this urge to come to Lighthouse Worship Center. And I said, God, if that's you, you'd realize that's an hour from here. And, 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 and I just wasn't gonna go, and it, but boy, it nagged and I came. And to make a long story short, I sat back here for week after week after week, and this beautiful lady came and sat at the other end of the row, who later, after six years of begging and pleading, became my wife, and the greatest gift that God's ever All given right. to me. But Pastor, Dr. Cole taught us that fasting, saying no to the flesh, and, and, and yes to God, God, I need you. I need you because I can't do this. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. Whatever the situation is, fast and pray. It's all throughout the Bible. It's not just a couple of scriptures. There's dozens of scriptures. And he taught us to, to fast and to pray. And God has worked so many miracles in my life. In 2017, when Pastor Ken said he, that we were going to be doing a corporate fast, I've never been so excited in my life. And, and we joined into that fast. And we, I had financial problems up to here, a, a, a home that, that Pastor, this, this is what Pastor was alluding to. I, I have a home that I bought and was going to be my financial salvation, and it ended up causing the Great Recession of 2008. And, and I still own that home, and I've never spent the night in it. And, and, and it's been a burden, to say the least. But at any rate, in 2017, we were praying just indirectly for our finances. And during that time, I had some great debt at a building yard. Some of you heard me share this before. Again, the Lord just worked in that. During that 21-day fast, I got a call from the uh, owner of this building yard who called me in, and I thought, oh, here we go. And he said, hey, um, I just feel like I need to forgive $21,000 of your debt and just wrote it off and then refinanced the rest of it so that we could afford it and move on. 2018, we made a list. We said, hey, you know, it's time we get organized and start and start putting things on, on paper as to what we would like to see happen in the year to come. And so we did. And during the fast of 2018, I, you know, and <laughs> Deanna looks at me sometimes like, you're crazy. I said, Lord, I just want to double our business this year. I want to double our business, double our profits. I just want to see things happen. And God blessed that. And we did, and we did double our business uh, uh, gross income, and we did, it was just an incredible year. So this year's fast, we put that house on the list. Lord, I don't know what we can do with the house. I don't know what we can do with the financing that puts a burden on us every single month. But, Lord, we're going to put it in your hands. And <laughs> this is insane. Let me back up just a few months. I think it was November, I believe. <clears throat> it's not there. The faith statements that we, the faith statements that we put up here every week and pray over. I don't know how many of you take those seriously, but man, I tell you what, we take them to heart and we talk. You know, we look at them and go, "That's it, that's it, that's it." And so, yeah, jobs and better jobs and raises and bonuses and so on and so forth. I had, with nobody up line to pass it on, I had an inheritance check, a very large inheritance check, show up in my mailbox in November. Yeah, I mean, it was just a miracle. And so Deanna said, what are you going to do with that? I said, I'm going to go over to my desk, sit down and write out tithe checks, offering checks, some checks for this and that. And, and I mean, it's just a, an, an unexpected blessing. And then right after the fast of 2019, we get a phone call from the bank. We'd asked them last year if we could reorganize the financing on that house and somehow make it 
better, make it, make it suit us better to help us get out. She calls up and she says, well, we've joined the two uh, loans together and that will help. Uh, and then the board last night um, voted to forgive $42,000 of your wow. debt on that property. Wow. And I mean, it's just like, it's like God doubled down on the 2017 fast. So to anybody who's ever thought that maybe fasting isn't for you, I encourage you to do it. I'm nobody special and, and, I, and, and I don't know, you know, God shows me things sometimes. He doesn't leave notes on my desk telling me what to do. But, you know, I saw, I saw your wonderful wife one day nearly trip on this step. And I looked over at Dan and I said, I'm going to fix those steps. Mm -hmm. About a week later, Bernie says, hey, we're putting new carpet in. And I said, well, I need to do something. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, we lengthened the step to try That's to make right. them safer. That's how God speaks to me. He has to mm -hmm. show me. So let him show, let him show you. And if you, if you have any doubts, man, just put them aside because God, you know, when Deanna says, Michael, you can't afford to do that. I just say, I can't afford not to. Mm -hmm. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, so what? Right, right. Been wrong before, right? I've been wrong many times. <laughs> I'm going to invite the ushers to come, and we're going to we're going to pray. But I, I asked Michael to pray for for faith to give because I know for some people that's a that's a stretch, you know, uh, that's a challenge. He but he had his encounter with the Lord that the Lord showed him about that, and I want I want you to have those kind of encounters. And God wants to make Himself real to you in the area of giving, and so uh, Michael, pray over us, pray over the soft. And, and uh, we'll move forward. Lord, I just thank you for that day when you led me to this church and to this wonderful family and the pastor who I've come to, to love and uh, to just pray for. And Father, as we get ready to give this offering, I pray, Father God, that you would bless every penny to your glory. Father, the gospel needs to go out, and we're the ones to do it. You bless us, Lord, That's every right. day with the ability to send the gospel out. And whether it's a penny or a $1,000, it makes no difference to you. You will use it to your glory. Build our faith, Lord. Increase our faith that we will see your hand moving in our lives on a regular basis so that you be glorified yes, in Lord. Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you. God bless you. Hey, this morning, um, I'm going to invite uh, Dr. Lynn Westman here. Is Kay here, too? Is Kay here? There's Kay. Uh, let, let Lynn and Kay come up here. They, are, they have just gotten back from a globe-trotting uh, excursion to, uh, to go and minister, and I'm going to ask them to come up and just share a quick testimony of uh, what nations they've been in and what they saw the Lord doing in nations. Come on over here, ladies. All right. Good morning. Is this still on? Yeah, go. Yeah to be in this house of the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I'll start because I started before Kay. I went to Senegal first with Mercy Ships. And, um, uh, you know, I've been there 23 years now. And um, Mercy Ships hadn't been in Senegal since 93, and I joined in 96. So I hadn't been there. <clears throat> and honestly, I didn't particularly have a leading to go there, but under authority, that's what Mercy Ships wanted, so that's where I go because we do what mm -hmm. our leaders ask us to do. That's right. So um, I went just in obedience, not knowing because Kay is much more the detail person. She's input person. She has all the facts. I don't. I just go and see what I find. And so <laughs> I found when I got there that it was a Muslim nation. I think, I don't know if I have the facts right, about 95% Muslim. Mm -hmm. And so it's a country to be evangelized. 
And uh, so there were many missionaries from other West African countries and Central Africa, East Africa, Central America, Haiti. Many countries were there. And um, uh, just a couple things from there. First, there was a man, Pastor Ndu, and he had had surgery on the ship in 93, but Mercy Ships didn't really know about this yet. I mean, they knew at the time he had surgery, but he was a new Christian when he had the surgery on board, and he went around evangelizing people on the ship. He then became a pastor and now is the pastor of Temple of the Nations, which has many, many nations coming to worship there and was also our liaison to do this training, mental health training that we did there. While we were there, we found out we had over 18 different nations in our training, which was incredible. The, the Ministry of Health, we'd had some issues with getting the, the healthcare worker training in place, so we did the first week with the church leaders, and we had many high-level church leaders in that training. And so, because I don't like to waste time, I had a week with nothing to do, so I said, well, let's do another church leader training. And I said, if you can mobilize church leaders next week in three days, then we'll do another one. Mm -hmm. We said between 20 and 50 people. So within three days, they had 60 new church leaders wow. from many nations to come. And we did the training. And um, at the end of that training, from the first week, we had eight or 10 of the church leaders <clears throat> who were able to facilitate the training the second week, oh, so which has never happened. Yeah. They could just jump right in and do the training. And then, and, and so I thought, well, why not? So since we just used eight from last week, why don't we take some who are in the training this week who haven't even had the training yet and have them facilitate mm -hmm. as well? So we took three of them and they got up and facilitated. Mm -hmm. So now they've started a, a, a group um, that will go across the country. The national president of the Assemblies of God was in the training and the National President of Church of God were in our training. And the Assemblies of God president said, it's no mistake that you're here for such a time as this. <clears throat> he said, you've given us another ministry and you've corrected some errors, seeing some of the mental disorders as demons. Wow. And where we would cast those out, we now know how to look at the whole person. And so he will be teaching it now in his Bible college um, Church of God as well. Three other Bible colleges will be wow. doing the training. Wow. So um, <clears throat> then I had a meeting with Ministry of Health because I didn't give up there because I'll be going back. And um, uh, they said, well, I, I said, because I saw so much happening, I said, we can come back for a month next time. And if you want, we can do three healthcare worker trainings, but we would like to do another church leader training in another part of the country. And they said, why don't you do two healthcare workers and two religious oh, leader trainings? So. Wow. All right. <laughs> so the Open government doors. said, yes, you, why don't you do two? And they inc included Muslims and um, traditional animists in this training. So we have that set up to go back. Then we moved on to um, Cambodia, and I'll just, I just want to share one story, and then Kay can say something. But um, we were doing the training there, and M Matt Gebert was there. And... A few of you know that in 1996, I climbed high places in China with Mark Geppert, and Matt didn't know that, and uh, so we were talking, and when I climbed that high place, it was with 12 people, we started out, this kind of goes along with what Mike was saying, um, I was 45 at the time, and I'm not a great mountain climber, I still climb them, but not well, and I was climbing, and I was the slowest, we got about halfway up, and I had felt the Lord's leading to fast and climb. 
and we had a lot of young people with us, and they said, well, the Lord didn't tell us to fast. So, <laughs> so they didn't fast, so here's the 45-year-old fasting, climbing this mountain. And um, I get, we get halfway up, and, and many of these girls said, well, we're just going to go back to the hotel. We can pray from there. And I'm like, we just came. We just flew how many hundreds, thousands of miles to come and climb this high place, but you're just going to go back to the hotel and pray. So I kept climbing. I got up there at the end after everybody else, and I said, Lord, have we done anything here? And he said, six blood-bought Christians. The, the victory was in the climb. Wow. And then Matt said, he said, I didn't know you were part of that team, those teams. He said, those early teams laid the foundation spiritually for the open doors we've had in and Asia. Praise God. So it was very encouraging. And I, I just think of this scripture that says, um, those whose hope is God shall not be disappointed. That we often, we look at our outcomes. Our hope is in him. Yeah. The outcomes will happen. We may or may not see them. And we may see them 23 years later. Yeah. But there will be outcomes, That's but right. our hope is not in them, it's in him. So I just wanted to share a few intangible things that God does That's as so well great. that encourage us to keep climbing those mountains. There you go, there you go. Praise God. And, and if I can, uh, just, um, and Kay can feel free to fill this in, however you ladies want to do it. Um, many of you may or might, may not know uh, Dr. Lynn Westman, and so she's talking about the training, but I'd like for you to, to tell them a little bit more about what the training is uh, that you do. Um, I, I, you know, I know it's easy because this is home for you, and you come in and, and you say, oh, everybody knows everything. No, they don't. And uh, so I have to reintroduce myself every week. I'm Pastor Ken Kramer, and... <laughs> So anyway, uh, but yeah, if you can just give us a little quick uh, insight as to what you all do when you when you travel, you train. Okay, okay. So in uh, in the developing world, one of the greatest unmet needs is mental health care, and worldwide, and this includes the United States, everybody in the whole world, one in four people at some point in their life suffers from a mental disorder, and that includes acute stress. Um, depression, anxiety, the common mental disorders, as well as the more serious ones that we all think about when you say mental health or mental illness, okay? A huge need all over the world. And you think about our own system and how many people don't get care here. How much more yeah. is there a need in nations that have no resources and education systems and governmental systems and healthcare systems that are completely broken down or having to rebuild after conflict or disasters, or all the different things that go on around the world. And so, in what year? When did you start the mental health training? 2006. 2006, at the request of the Liberian government after their long-running civil war, they went to Mercy Ships, where Lynn was working, and, and still works, um, and asked them to do mental health program. And so they had one psychiatrist in the whole nation, and the whole nation had just come out of war. So um, that's the type of thing. So when we say training, we're training um, pastors. We're training social workers. We're training medical, like your primary health care, doctors, nurses, um, people working in clinics, um, traditional healers, imams, um, anybody people go to, police, military, fire force, um, anybody people go to in the time of trouble, yeah. that's what we train. Yeah. And we train in basic mental health, how to take care of people, how to counsel people, and when to refer and who to refer to. Yeah. 
and um, that includes you know responding to crisis and, and uh, emotional trauma um, and it's all in line with scripture Lynn has developed um, a program called understanding people mental health and trauma and it brings um, the best Some of y'all need that for your marriage Oh, sorry. Serious. There's a lot about building good relationships, and I mean, it's it's a lot about, and and most of the people that participate will tell us in the follow-ups. Yeah. You know, we say, well, how have you you used this? And they say, well, first there was a big change in my family. Yeah. yeah. We have um, pastors in one of the nations. We went back and what in one group of church leaders, there was um, three three church leaders that said, I stopped beating my wife. Mm. Okay, because the culture there that's right. says that that's normal. That's right. Okay? Mm -hmm. And so we, we'll, we'll question those things that happen in culture. And we say, well, what brings life in relationship? Because mm -hmm. we were created for life in relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the training is. And, um, and so, yeah, it's just a real joy to bring that because you see the light bulb go on. You see these paradigm shifts happen in just five days of training. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what God does with it. Amen. Yep, go ahead. Thank you. Just one more thing. Um, also talking with Matt, we've been, uh, it's been on my heart to go to Bhutan, and nobody goes to Bhutan. They don't want you in Bhutan as a Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very close country, and so, but we knew we were supposed to go there, and um, knocked on a few doors, and we really haven't had anything happen, and as I was saying that to Matt, his eyes lit up, and he said, we have a person that the government asked to come in as a mental health professional. Yeah. She's young. She needs support. Yeah. Would you go? And yeah. so it's just, you know, uh, and I, we, th we always say, and I don't know if I have the words right. I'm going to make my own because I like the way I say it better. It says <laughs> we work as if it all depends on us, yeah. as if it all depends on us. But we pray because it surely depends on God. That's good. So it surely is his, and if he wants that door open, he yeah. will open it. Yeah. And um, we often miss God, I think, in the timing, not in the call. That's good. So trusting him, we don't have to make things happen. If we do, sometimes we won't do it well. That's good. But just trust, because the day is as a thousand years. Yes, yes, yes. Praise God. Anything else? Okay. Hey, thanks. Let's give him a hand. Isn't that fantastic? <clears throat> Lynn just told me a minute ago. Lynn just told me a minute ago that she's been to about 100 nations in her life. Isn't that amazing? Right here from Lighthouse, Ordinary, Virginia, you can go anywhere, right? You can go anywhere. And go. And go. go. And go. Yes. Yeah, like you should go, right? Yeah, all right. Thank you. Um, you know, this morning has all been, I, I've, been uh, I've been trying to navigate through um, my message, but I want you to know this is the message. What you've been hearing this morning is the message. And, uh, and we're not done yet, but I, I just want to kind of frame things up for you. You know, what I, I'm preaching about this morning um, is really about our testimony. In the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant was God's testimony that was among the people, that, that the people were the purveyors of God's story. God said to Israel, I'm about to do, said this to Moses, I'm about to do among the nations what has never been done. What has never been done. And it was Israel's job to carry that little box called the Ark of the Covenant, Ark of the Testimony, and they were to carry that with them wherever they, wherever the Lord led them to go. And down inside that box, there were three things. There was Aaron's staff that had budded. There was the, 
gold pot of manna, you know, that God had said, I've fed you for 40 years, and I want you to remember that. And so he, he had, a, a, had them make a, a pot of manna and, and put it down on the inside, and then the tablets of stone, those three things. So the, the three elements that were in their testimony were that God had led them by resurrection power, because that was Aaron's staff that had budded, if you know the story, about uh, that, those dead sticks that God took 12 of them because there was a discussion about who ought to be in charge. Who's in charge? That's what everybody wants to know. And so they cut 12 sticks, one for every uh, tribe, and they laid them all in the tent of meeting, closed the curtain, came back the next day. Aaron's staff had not only uh, been resurrected, but it budded just a staff without any roots connected to it. A staff uh, blossomed and budded and then was producing almonds. Resurrection power. So God says, take that staff and put it as part of the testimony down in the box so everybody will remember that I led you. Take that pot of manna so that you don't forget what I did for you on a daily basis for 40 years. You didn't have to worry about where your next meal was coming from. I made sure that you had everything you needed. And then the tablets of stone that God said, I've declared you are my people because I have told you the best way to live. You say, tablets of stone, Pastor Ken, why tablets of stone? And God loved them, tablets of stone. If you are a parent and you never instruct your child on how to live, you don't love them. I didn't say it, the Bible did. You don't love them. You, you have to instruct them, Hebrews says. This is how we know that we are loved, that we are disciplined by the Lord. That word discipline, there are a lot of disciplines. Brushing your teeth is a discipline, right? Uh, singing a song is a discipline. You know, there are a lot of disciplines in life, but we need parents to instruct us. And, and so God fed them, God led them, and God loved them. And that is our testimony. Now, here's the thing I, I want you to, uh, before we have somebody else share one more testimony, it's just a, a wonderful testimony of the answer to prayer. But here's the thing I want you to see. I took off my wedding band as a, as a, a little object lesson here today. Um, and there's a, a cool story that I don't have time to tell today about, about the, how the Lord, uh, I, we were with a uh, uh, pastor's wife who fashioned, I watched her fashion my wedding band out of gold. I watched her heat up the gold. I watched her uh, purify the gold and get, get the dross off. I watched her put it in a centrifuge and spin it. I watched her do all of that. It's really fascinating. And there's a whole story about mine and Holly's wedding bands. But, but here's, here's the point of a wedding band. The, the whole point of one person having a wedding band is that it's a testimony that there's another person. So it, I might be in another country, but this band says there's another person. I'm one with somebody else. We are together. It's my testimony. It's her testimony, but it's my testimony. And a lot of times when we think about what God has done for us, we say, well, that's my testimony, that's my testimony, that's my testimony. No, it's not. It's God's. It's not your story. It's God's story. In fact, the two of you can't be separated. Your testimony is also God's testimony. Wherever you go, you need to uphold that testimony. 
You need to declare. You need to, you need to carry yourself as a person who has God's testimony on the inside of it. Because you do. Don't act like you don't. Hello? We are the Lord's. And we have to bear his testimony wherever we go. And we are the Lord's not only as individuals, but we are, we are also the Lord's here at Lighthouse. This is his community. Dr. Lynn Westman, Kay Helm, our testimony in the nations. Michael Harvey, as a builder, our testimony, you know, in where, wherever they work. Wherever we go, we carry this testimony. This is what God is doing. God is bringing revelation about who he is to us so that we might declare his glory wherever we go. And so we have this testimony, the word says, in, in jars of clay, right? The, the beauty of what God is doing uh, in our midst. And so I, I want to encourage you, you know, when, when you think about what God is doing, what God is doing in you is way bigger than you. It's for everybody else that doesn't know him. So if God gives you a bigger platform, that's not so that you can get the big head. It's so that you can declare his glory in a bigger way. He is, if you've been faithful with the little, he'll make you ruler over much. That's the way he does it. But he doesn't say neglect the little so that you can have the big. He didn't say it worked that way at all. He said, if you can't look after your own home, how can you look after the house of God? If you can't look after the little bit, how can you look after this big thing that I want you to have? So everybody's got their place to work, don't they? Everybody's got their place, their, their testimony, the testimony of what God is doing. And so I just want to challenge you in, in that this morning. Um, one of the, the testimonies that's been part of this house for many, many years, I'm going to walk back here just to hang with me for a second. Um, I remember going to Chris Knobloch's house back in the forever ago. Like Chris was in high school, and I'll let him tell you how long ago that was. Um, but uh, Chris has, you know, Chris has had a challenge because he's had literally uh, uh, multiple surgeries in his life, probably uh, getting close. I don't know. I want to say dozens, but it's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, all the way through high school, he was, uh, had kidney things going on and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he just came in uh, a week before last. I'll set it up. He just came in a week before last on a Sunday and said, hey, I'm having surgery on a Thursday. And uh, I've got a, a problem with a heart valve. And, uh, and so I said, okay, man, we're going to pray. And what do you want to pray for? He said, well, I don't, I don't want to do a bunch of rehab. I don't want to do a bunch of, I just, I just want to get this thing over and done with and get home. So tell him what happened. Well, uh, I remember when I came here, I told Ken everything, and um, the one thing that I, I I told him was I don't know when I'm going to see you again. It's going to be a while, and I'm not I'm not going to lie to anybody. When I when they laid me down on the operating table, with all the stuff I've had done, I thought that was it. You know, I even prepared for everything, mm -hmm. um, and I I got out. They did the surgery. Um, God somehow made me an overachiever because I was supposed to be in there seven to ten days. I was only in there for, uh, on the fifth day I came home. Um, the other thing that had happened yeah. was, the other thing that had happened, and I hear that this is very rare, they took me off of all, all of my ventilation tubes. Um, the same day as the surgery. Normally they stay in mm. a couple of days. Mm. And the third day after 
uh, walking and everything. I, I started walking with, with, with fire in my heart and my eyes. I, I wasn't going to give up. Mm. You know, I've already done all of the stuff that they said I wasn't going to do. Mm. Well, let's make, make me push it harder. Let's go a little bit further. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm here today. I, I came today, and you know, I, I'm sorry if I, my voice is a little... Because breathing is still struggling a little bit, but um, I, I wanted to come today and give a testimony because, yeah. you know, throughout my whole life, I always ask God, "What's my purpose?" Mm. I see everybody else's purpose coming, you know, and what's my purpose? And He actually answered that this time in the hospital, mm. and He said, "Everything that you've ever gone through, and fought through, and survived." Mm. That's your testimony. Yeah, yeah. Everything you've ever done, everything Good. you're going to go through Good. is your testimony. And and this message here is for the young kids. I have been through a, in a lot of pain, and I've had a lot of pain medicine. I will tell you right now, nothing, nothing is ever stronger mm. than what God has for you, ever. Amen, amen. If you feel like amen. you want to get addicted to alcohol, I'm not going to promote it. Mm -hmm. Do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. Drugs, do what you got to do. But you want to get a real high that, mm -hmm. that won't bring you um, back for more? Mm -hmm. Come to church. Because yeah, I'm going to tell you right, right now, when, when Pastor Ken prayed for me, mm -hmm. and I, I'm always, a, my ankles, I'm always staying off of them. I'm always on the ball of my feet. And I almost fell to my knees right there, and I... I I told my family, I've never experienced that before. Like it's it's, it was powerful. Praise God. I mean, Praise I God. came out of here mm. high as a kite, like I was ready to just <laughs> take on the world, you know. And I, I went to the surgery later on. And Praise God. Everything came out. Amen. Pretty good. No high like the Most High. That's right. Amen. Amen. Can we just? Uh, Let's, let's pray for Chris uh, for a completion of that healing in his body. He's, he does have pain. They've, they've opened him up. His collarbone, his, his sternum, all of that's been opened up, and it's, it's just got to uh, be uh, completely healed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just release kingdom healing in his body right now. We thank you, Lord God, for uh, the, the works of <clears throat> medical doctors. They wouldn't know anything without you. But, Lord, we're thankful that you go, you go beyond that, Lord God, and I thank you for completely restoring Chris. Thank you, Lord God, for the, his testimony of your goodness and your faithfulness, even through his pain, even through the challenges he's faced in life. Lord, he still holds his head high. He still lifts up the name of Jesus. I thank you for that. I bless him. I bless his home. Stephanie, uh, Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you're doing in their, in their lives, God. And uh, we just give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Would you just stand with me this morning? I want us to see ourselves differently today. I want us to recognize that the thing that Jesus does in our lives, while it is personal, it is never to be private. Your life is on display for the whole world to see. Get used to it. Not because it's on Facebook. Some of y'all don't need to be on Facebook. 
But your testimony needs to be seen. Your testimony needs to be heard. Your testimony needs to be demonstrated. Why? Because people live in darkness. Don't walk around saying, why is it so dark around me? Well, because you're the light. And when you walk into the room, you ought to change things. So don't be looking at everybody else saying, well, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Well, what God's put in you is what's necessary right where he has you. So be that testimony. Be that testimony. God has fed you. God has led you. And God has loved you. You are loved with an everlasting love. He will continue to look after you. He'll continue to pour his life out upon you. Why? Not just for you, for others. For others. Get as much mileage out of every miracle that you can. Some of y'all need to treat your, your testimony like you do those coupons. You know, like those dollars. You squeeze every bit out of your dollar that you can to make it go as far as you can. Take that testimony and share it and share it and share it and share it. Your testimony, your story, share it. Why? Because God, that's the thing God uses to bring about the miracle for somebody else. It's what he multiplies. He multiplies based on your story. And some of y'all have said, well, nobody wants to hear that story because that was just for me. No, it wasn't. It was so you could take it out and share it, take it out and share it, take it out and share it again. Because it's God's story. It's not just yours. God's story. Father, I just pray right now for my brothers and sisters. Lord, we heard a testimony today of your miraculous provision brought about because of faithful obedience to give. We heard a testimony, Lord, about a single woman who followed the call of God and it's led her to a hundred different nations where open doors have been found in every nation where willing hearts have been ministered to, where lives and, and nations have been changed, infrastructure developed, because one single woman missionary said, I will go. I'll carry what God's given me, the testimony of his grace and his provision and his leadership. Lord, I'm thankful for Chris I'm thankful for his testimony, Lord, that in the midst of his pain, he never cursed God. He never said, why me? Why is this happening to me? He kept focusing on you. He kept fighting forward. And Lord, his testimony is that you're the one that is the restorer. You are the one who is the ultimate healer. You are the one who gives him the endurance to finish strong. Lord, I pray this morning, whatever somebody's need is here in this room, Lord, that your word would begin to bubble up on the inside of them, that you would begin to show them, Lord, the things that they need to see from your word, that you'd speak to them. Lord, somebody here is in a dark place, but I thank you, Lord, that darkness is never dark to you that is light to you and that they can call on you in the midst of that place and you can shatter their darkness today 
in a moment, the switch can be flipped and the light comes on. Father, I want to thank you for that right now. I want to thank you for ministering to each person in this room. I want to thank you, Lord God, for the resurrection power that we can testify and we can say that is our portion. You're our leader, Jesus. You are raised from the dead. We will follow you. No other can say that they were raised from the dead and they are now seated at the right hand of the Father, but we follow you. We trust you today. That's our testimony. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Can we do that? Praise God. Hey, um, two things. If you're a guest with us, please stop by Inside Lighthouse. We have a gift that we want to put in your hands today. Second thing, this this happens. You need to have your calendar ready for this, but I, I, I want to just, I'll just share it with you, and then we'll make sure we push it out by our communications. But on May the 8th, this is part of our testimony. Sandra and Holly, come on up here. Come on up here. These, these, two, these two ladies, uh, daughters of this house, are going to be ordained in the Assemblies of God. And it's going to be happening in Hopewell, Virginia. Hopewell's not all that far for us. Uh, typically, these uh, network conferences are like three to four hours away. And this one's closer. And this is where they're going to be ordained. The, the, the leadership is going to lay hands on them. And we're going to pray over them and ordain them. In the Assemblies, there's three levels of of credentialing and ordination is the highest level. And uh, we wanna celebrate with them. And so I'm giving you plenty of notice because we're, we're checking out costs for a charter bus. We'd like to charter a bus or two and go down to that conference and make a lot of racket when they get up there and let the whole world know that, that we love these ladies and that uh, we believe in them too. So if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, just mark that out on your calendar and uh, watch it as it comes and we're gonna have a great celebration, all right? So, hey, God bless you. Have a great day in the Lord and we'll see you soon.